Mindset Hackers, thank you so much for joining me here today. I have got a very special guest. She's going to be bringing some fucking fire on this episode. She's a total badass warrior, and she's somebody that I met about nine months ago. You guys all know that I've joined a very high-level mastermind group where I get to be around some really big thinkers, and it exposes me to some connections that I just would have never found without this. Her name is Natalie Spaith. She is a professional mindset coach. She's also a fitness coach, a content creator, and she is about as authentic as it gets. When she talks, she will raise your frequency and you will resonate with it. She will bring you into your true self. I'm so excited to have her here with me. It's such an honor. Natalie, what is going on, my friend? Oh, Simon. Thank you, brother. That was, that was beautiful. I receive all of that. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, we're going to blow some minds today because I think one thing is when we get together, we both raise each other's frequency. I know that I'm sure you get this all the time, but people always say, Simon, you're high energy. And it's something that I've had to cultivate too. I, I do have a natural level of energy that I bring into conversations or into sales or into coaching or into group coaching. But I've, one thing I've realized is that the right frequency is almost like the, the cement needed to create a future reality that is absolutely pristine and so desirable. If you have the intent and if your frequency is dialed, it almost, you know, they say the universe conspires to bring you whatever you want. I would take it a step further. I would say like, when you have a high frequency, it's almost like you're co-creating with the universe. I feel like there's infinite possibilities out there already in the quantum field that are in existence. But when you lead with a higher emotion, a higher frequency, a higher vibration, things fall into place exactly how they should be. The tools that you need, the people that you need to be around and I feel like that is why you and I are on this conversation together right now is because you and I are on that same frequency and we've come together to support people and help them manifest the dream future that they want. Mm, brother, you're speaking my language. So to the soul. And it's everything about, you know, for me is energy. Everything is frequency and I will agree that you and I get that said to us a lot is that you guys are just high energetic individuals. And I look at people, I'm like, there ain't no better way to be because ultimately, just like you said, when you raise your vibration and when you learn to have the tools to be able to cultivate, cultivate how to do that, it's like you, you create the magic that you're desiring to happen in your life for you. And, you know, you and I love to go down these deep rabbit holes and talk about the universe and understand that there is a, there is a greater force at B that we as humans having this, I should say beings having this human experience get to tap into. And not only do we get to tap into it, it is in us. And that's the biggest missing piece that I think we as a society have forgotten about is that we are so powerful and we have everything and all of the tools within us. It's just finding those, you know, right people or things or places to start to unlock the coming home and the understanding and the re to me, I call it the remembering 
of who I am. And by going through this journey and coming together with you, brother, nine months ago and being in the in the container that we've been in together, it has just leveled that vibration up even more. And it, it's funny that you, you bring in like vibration too. I was just telling my husband uh, last night, I said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I, like if you put me under a microscope, I am just like electric. And I feel like this vibration, especially with, you know, 2022 to 2222 and you know, the, the, the full moon and it just being this like interstellar year has been off the charts for the way that I physically am feeling. And, you know, sometimes I say it's hard to even express it in human words of, like people ask me like, well, what does that even feel like, Natalie? Like, how do you even get that? And it's, it, to me, it's, it's like, when you know, you just know, and you wake up and it's like, instead of waking up feeling tired and, you know, low energy and lethargic and, you know, maybe have some anxiety and things like that. I literally wake up 99% of my days, like ready to take on whatever it is. And I had a beautiful client of mine one time tell me, um, that she wakes up and she says, universe, please speak miracles through me and to me so I can go out into the world and change some lives. And when she said that, I was like, yep, that is going on my mirror. <laughs> so every day it's like universe, just speak the magic through me. Like, what can we create today? And Sometimes that day might be, you know, just vibing so high with my two-year-old on the couch. And sometimes it's me, you know, traveling and being at events and being on podcasts and working in groups and, and just helping people raise the vibration of this world. So I'm here for all of this, brother. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I love that. I can tell. It's kind of like the way you describe that is almost like you're possessed by the universe. You're, you're a conduit, but not possessed in like the exorcist type of way, but possessed like you and I are here to serve a greater purpose. And, you know, we're just, we're co-creating with the universe. We're here to do our best. We're here to be the best people that we can so we can help other people do the same. I love that because it feel it definitely gives you purpose. It gives you a mission. And it reminds me a lot. I'm going to drop this in really quick. Mindset Hackers. If you have not read The Surrender Experiments, that is a book that was written by the same author as Untethered Soul. Uh, he, he was a billionaire that became a billionaire by actually, he wanted to avoid it. He wanted to go start a meditation retreat and just get away from people. But he did what Natalie is doing right now and just kind of surrendered himself to the universe. And you know whatever's in front of me, like, I'm not going to resist. If the universe has plans for me, I'm just going to let this go and see where it goes. It just so reminded me of what you just said there. And there's some powerful stuff that can happen when you realize that the universe is here to not just support you or to serve you, but to co-create with you. And that's what Natalie is talking about. Okay, here's what I want to dive into next, because this is something that I don't know the answer to, and I want to find out. And we're going to do this live in front of the internet um, I got to know you about nine months ago, and it took a little bit before you started speaking up. We were in Cabo San Lucas, and holy shit, the lion in you started to roar. But I don't completely know your backstory. I knew there was a transformation. I knew there's a journey. And I've seen some photos of some of that just by following you on social media. And then I've caught the tail end of it, and I've seen you grow and blossom and bloom into this 
amazing and powerful, energetic, high vibe, high frequency person that I know today, who is my friend, someone I'm so proud to know, but walk me through the entire story. Oh, brother. Oh, my life, my life, my life. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I always say it's our, you know, it's, it's the unlayering to get to the bottom of the core of who we are when I ask the question, who am I? And so my life, you know, has been, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. And I, I guess I don't even know where I, <laughs> where to begin on this. But um, I mean, I guess, you know, if I look back on my life, if I look at myself when I was in high school, I had you know, this, this almost kind of intimidated style of confidence. And I was loud and I was talkative and I was, you know, I was kind of friends with a multitude of different people. And I remember though, that people would always, you know, kind of like get mad at me or say that I'm being to this or to that, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, speak my mind as often, or I need to be more quiet and do things like that. And that just never resonated with me. And then I remember it was like, you know, junior, senior year when people are talking about, you know, picking colleges and things like that. And I just remember sitting there being like, but why, you know? So something my parents always told me was that ever since I could talk, I always ask why, because I always had this underlying feeling of like, there's always got to be another way. Like, why is like, why in society are we taught that we have to do things a specific way? And that just never resonated with me. And I remember I had some teachers tell me like, Natalie, you're not going to be able to make money or do anything if you don't go to a four-year college. And I remember having the confidence enough to tell them, watch me. And I never went to a four-year school. I ended up uh, graduating high school and I ended up going to hair school. And in between that, that year of transitioning out of high school into um, hair school was the, there was a, a, it was a big turning point for me because I was allowing all of what everybody else told me I should and should not be to get to me. And I remember when I entered into hair school, I was like, you know, I'm going to be the nice girl. I'm just going to be the nice girl. Like I clearly am just too much for so many people. And I really want to make friends here. So I'm just going to be nice and I'm not going to ruffle any feathers and little little backstory being at school with God only knows how many women <laughs> that are from the age ranges of 18 to 30 um there was a lot of there was that was that wasn't easy and I I, I got bullied quite a bit in that and that led me down a, a pretty dark path I had moved out of my small town into a big city and I ended up um, going through a breakup during that time. And that just kind of spiraled me into this low depression. And I ended up starting to do drugs and I got heavily addicted to Adderall. And a little backstory on that for those who don't know, usually if you are prescribed Adderall, you're taking anywhere between 10 milligrams to 30 milligrams. Some people are dosed with like 50 or 75 if they have really intense cases of like ADD or ADHD. And I got to the point where I was taking 150 milligrams of Adderall a day and I wasn't sleeping for weeks on end. I wasn't eating. I was, I was spiraling out of control. And 
there was a moment um, that I had fallen down this like big marble staircase that was leading into the basement of this hair school because it was a it was a kind of more pristine hair school if you so to say um, it was the Aveda Institute so I don't know if you've heard of Aveda or not but it's a big hair hair thing natural hair company um, but I fell down that staircase and I remember I jumped up and I didn't feel a thing and it was like like somebody would have been hurt there would have been like something broken and I didn't have any bruises I didn't have any marks and I stood up and I said holy shit something's like something's wrong so this is not okay like the fact that I just experienced that and I don't feel a thing in my body I was numb I numbed myself out because I remember telling myself I just wish I could take my mind off of my mind and that's what led me down to continue doing the drugs and so if we flash forward I ended up moving back home because I knew I had a problem and I stopped cold turkey that day. And I had to go through the, the ebbs and flows of the come down. And that was just really rough, <laughs> really rough, you know, coming off of that. And move forward a couple months, I found out that I was pregnant. And I, at that time, would have been like 18 years old. And I remember I, thought it was somebody's it was not and mind you I was I was probably at that point you know maybe 75 pounds heavier than I am now and when I found out you know I thought like oh my god what am I gonna do I'm 18 and I knew that at the end of the day that I never wanted I always told myself that when I chose to have kids that I was going to give my children either this a similar life to what I had, if not better. And I had I had that that nice childhood where, you know, you grew up, you know, my parents are still married till today, lived in a small town. Dad was a business owner, things like that. But I was the baby and I was the black sheep. And so I was the rebel of the family. I was the one that would smoke and drink in high school. I was the one that partied. I was the one that didn't get great grades. And, you know, I, I screwed off. But I also had this feeling of like the way that my life was going wasn't right. And so when I found out that I was pregnant, you know, that, that was a very traumatic experience. And um, my mother was, you know, she had kind of pushed me towards the adoption route. And I remember sitting there not knowing what to do. I was 19 years old. I was just recovering from a drug addiction and now I'm pregnant and I didn't know who the father was. And so if we flash forward through that, I chose to gift my first son with adoption. And in that time frame, I wouldn't allow myself to feel again. I never, I think I might've cried once when I was handing him over to the adoptive parents. And luckily by the grace of God, I was able to choose the family that he went to and some beautiful universal magic, the woman that, or the, the mother and the father that I had chose, they had endometriosis and they were not able to get pregnant. So I was like, yep, I want to gift it to them because, you know, they, they just look like great people. And I was able to meet them beforehand and all of those things. And what happened was she actually ended up being an adoption um, therapist for children who were adopted. And so, oof, goosebumps right there as I tell the story every time um and, and just really quick I can relate to that on a deep level because as you know we adopted a boy too we were so lucky that we were able to do that and give him an amazing life so just the willing I, I love that you said that a gift and thank you so much I didn't mean to cut in there but I just oh. had to add that because it's really resonating with me right now 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, brother. And just more power to you because I know the, you know, it, it takes, it takes some, it takes a lot of strength to go through that in general, whether you are the one gifting or you are the one, you know, adopting, it is not, unfortunately, the, the way our world is working right now and the way society is, the adoption process is a lot more difficult than it should be. And I understand for a reason why some of the things are the way they are, but it was to the point, I mean, this mother and father were on the wait list for like 10 years and they had gone through many failed adoptions where they would get a baby. And you know, that there is a, I think it depends state by state, but there is a uh, time period between when the baby is born and the the court date of when the parent actually signs away the parental rights and in that time frame they had a couple failed adoptions where the mothers came back and took the child back and you could only I mean I know that you obviously have a similar experience like this that would be absolutely devastating for people so I knew and I told myself at 18 years old that if I'm choosing to do this, I'm putting myself in, this is how I pictured it at 18. I'm putting myself in a roller coaster. And the moment I tell them that they are the parents of my child, it's like putting the strap of the roller coaster on and the roller coaster starts to move and you cannot get off. And there is going to be ups and downs and curves and twists, and it is going to be one wild ride. But at the end of the day, I knew in my heart of hearts who I was like, that that was going to be my decision. And I wasn't going to go back on that. And when I, so of course, you know, that was, that was January of 2012 and we didn't have the court date until March. And so for three months, you know, I had to go through the, the, the flow of, you know, realizing what I, what I had just went through. But after I had come home from the hospital, I wanted to go right back to work. And my mother was like, we need to, like, we need to put you in therapy. She's like, you haven't cried. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need to cry. Everything's okay. I'm cool but I was still numb. And I had finally found a therapist who again, universe always at work. We picked a therapist unbeknownst to this, who um, also had gifted a daughter for adoption when she was 18. So, and we had no idea that she had done that until after a couple sessions. And so finally one day she looked at me and she's like, when did you cry? When was the last time you've cried? And I said, I couldn't tell you. She's like, the only thing I'm going to tell you is I want you to go home. And at some point in time, when you feel like it, I need you to cry. And I remember I went home and I tried to play the saddest music and I tried to watch the saddest movies, like to force myself to cry and nothing would come up until, um, honestly, like the biggest release was that court date. And I was sitting there and mind you, I've got my mother and my father, I've got the adoptive parents, I've got the judge who go figure was the church. Like, you know, he wasn't the pastor, but he was very heavy in the small town family church. Who's the judge. And I have the attorneys and the attorneys are asking me all about my, my sex life in front of all of these people. How many partners have I had? You know, do I know, did I know what I was doing? It was just this very traumatic experience. And I remember he had asked, I finally stood up on the stand and I, looked at him straight in the eye, this attorney. And I said, I am doing what is in the absolute most best interest for this child. And if you deem it necessary to sit here and disclose my sexual life to everybody else, I don't know who you are, but I think you need to take a swift look in the mirror and understand that I am doing something amazing. And if you want to make this situation more difficult on me, I hope you can go to bed at night with that. And it was like, boom, court case done. The judge is like, I think we're good here. I think we're done. And that was the moment that I walked into my car and just 
finally three months after the fact and, and grieved and went through that process. And that was a big turning point for me um, at a very young age into not, and I, you know, for me, it wasn't even like strength. It was like a have to, you know, like there was no choice. Like this was me. And this was the choice. I, these were the, these were the choices that I made. And this is the result of those choices that I made. And, you know, I never really allowed myself to fully embrace that. And so flash forward, I ended up getting into a relationship with a man who, um, had just gotten out of the army out of the Afghanistan, the Iraq war. And he was 101st Airborne Infantry Army. And he was the love of my life. I mean, I thought he was the cat's pajamas and the bee's knees. And, you know, a few months into the relationship, there was a lot of verbal abuse, but I looked past that. And that verbal abuse started to turn towards more physical. And we, I remember we would, we were trying to get him into the VA to get help because I knew that this was coming from PTSD. You know, I knew it was his trauma and I, I tried to stick it out and I tried to stay, but I knew that there was a point in time that I had to put me first. And the last day that we had sat at the VA for like 10 hours, a couple times. And finally we got him a, an appointment and that day had come that he was meant to go. And I said, this day in my mind was going to make or break this relationship. And when I got home from work that evening, he came home and I asked him, I was so excited. I said, how did the appointment go? Like, I want to hear all about it. And he looked at me and he cracked a beer and he said, I didn't have to go. And that was the day I packed my bags and drove back to my parents and moved home. And through the evolution of all of that, <laughs> I had to go through a lot of different curveballs, And so to kind of like, I mean, my life story, there's kind of a lot to it. Um, so if you were to flash forward even more, I ended up working for my father and starting to gain a little bit more of my confidence back. But mind you, I was, I was still, I was, I was overweight. I was overweight most of my life. And I had, you know, met my husband through work and got married, got pregnant. Um, and then it was about nine months postpartum. And mind you, there was, you know, I had weight loss was always like my biggest thing. And I didn't understand why I struggled so much to lose weight, why I struggled with weight issues so bad my whole life. And I mean, I went to, you know, I paid tens of thousands of dollars on diet plans and trainers and all the things. And I ended up buying a gym thinking that if I own the gym, I will finally be able to lose weight because I will have surrounded myself in that environment. So there is no excuse. And four years later, I still hadn't lost the weight. And so I was about nine months postpartum. And I went and it was January 8th of 2020, pre-COVID. Um, and I went and weighed myself like I did every day, probably doing another diet. And the, the scale had gone up again and I just broke and I broke and I broke hard. And I finally threw my hands up into the air and I said, God, universe, whatever the hell is out there. Like I clearly need your help. I do not know how to do this on my own. And mind you, Simon, I was a certified personal trainer. I had taken nutrition courses. I could tell you all of what your body needed, all the ins and outs and everything, but I couldn't do it for myself because the one thing I hadn't started to work on was my mindset. And so that day after releasing all of that emotion, the next day I got up and I said, okay, today I'm just going to go for a walk. 
And I went for a walk and it was like negative eight degrees out January 8th, 2020. And I'm like, if I can just go for a walk right now, then I have no excuse when spring hits, when summer hits and it's fall. So, and I just took it one day at a time. I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't do any crazy diet. I didn't go any crazy workout plan. I just, I'm just going to start going for a walk. And then the next week I'm like, I'm just going to start drinking water. And then the next week I'm like, maybe I'm going to throw spinach on an egg McMuffin or something. Like it was just these small little changes. But I remember asking the universe, I was like, when I go into the refrigerator, please work your magic through me to select the right foods that are going to best fit my body. When I don't have the the, the strength to be able to make those decisions. And I just trusted, I said, I'm going to trust myself this time and flash forward. Obviously we had COVID we had civil unrest. Um, I I'm close to the Minneapolis St. Paul area where the George Floyd thing had happened. And so we had civil unrest very close to our house. I mean, we had marches in our small little town in, you know, and it was, it was, it was a very chaotic time. We had the election, we had all the political crap going on and my gym had closed down for two months. We had lost a lot of money too. And I just remember that the only thing I can control is myself. And I'm going to continue to just control myself. And honestly, that journey was my, one of my biggest blessings throughout that year. But what had happened is I was so focused on the external, the weight, the way I looked that when I ended up losing all the weight at the end of the year, I, I thought, you know, that was going to be my ticket to happiness. And it wasn't. And so my husband and I's relationship was on the fringes and it was bad. And there was a lot of things that had happened and we were on the brink of divorce at the end of 2020. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I'm like, I finally lost all this weight. Like I should, I should be feeling good about myself. I should be happy. I should be confident. And mind you, during the COVID I had pivoted online because I had feared that, you know, okay, well, if I own a brick and mortar, I don't necessarily have control over that. So I have to make find a different way to make money, you know? And so I figured online is the way to go. So I brought my, I brought my coaching online, um, back in 2020. And so flash forward, it was January of 2021. When I finally crumbled again, I had another one of those crumbling moments where I put my hands up in the air. I said, universe, I don't know what's happening in my marriage. I don't know why I'm so unhappy again. I thought I was doing everything right. Like what is wrong? What is wrong with me? All of the things. And, that day I looked at my husband and mind you, my husband was there. It was me who was trying to walk out the door. It wasn't him. And obviously, you know, it takes two to tango in a relationship, but I was the one that said, I'm done. I'm done. And, you know, I wanted to be the victim. I wanted to blame everybody. I wanted to blame everything for all of my problems. And again, it was another one of those days, ironically in January, I don't know what it is about me in January, but then I, I crumbled again and I looked at him and all I just kept getting was like, you need to trust and surrender and stay, like stay with your husband. Like you need to stay through this. And so we ended up, I ended up coming home one day and I just fell on the kitchen floor and I just started sobbing. And I just told him, I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. And we ended up, he instantly booked a trip to Mexico. He's like, we're leaving. We need to get out of here. Like we need to just go. Like we need to get away from work. We need to find a sitter. Like we need to just go you and I. And we started therapy and he was the one who actually found our mentor, um, on a podcast, um, before he was the first one to find him. Cause that's who he was listening to when he thought he was losing his family. 
And so he introduced me to him and he said, Hey, I think you should check this guy out. You know, he's really interesting. He's kind of helped me a lot, you know, just listening to his podcast. And I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, through that, he's like, Oh, Hey, you know, he's got some like workshop thing on Facebook. You should check that out. You know, he helps, he helps coaches. And I was like, Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Long story short, I ended up joining and that's how you and I ended up meeting. And throughout 2021, it's been, you know, uh, it was a beautiful evolution of, learning how to to understand you know how the body works how the spirit works how the mind works how to be able to take control of that and ever since then i mean it has been just an explosion of like everything i've desired is starting to come true and by doing the work and mind you i'll be honest i mean it is not easy it's not an easy work to do and it's got its ups and downs but you know, being able to learn how to trust and surrender to the unknown when, you know, you, you might want something or you're trying to make something happen and, or you don't know when something's going on and you're just at a lower vibration to understand, to trust and surrender to that. And to know that there are greater powers that be that are working always in your favor was something that just, it has lit my light off my light. It has lit my light, my life up like crazy. And that, I mean, that would probably be like the solid story of how Natalie became Natalie today. And now I have all this like love for who I am as a person. And it was a coming home and it was a remembrance of who I am at the core root without all the external BS that, you know, gets layered on us throughout our lives. And I mean, brother, it has just been a magical ride and I wouldn't change one millisecond of it for the world. It's so interesting to see the transformation of several of us in such a short amount of time. I will, I, I think I was a little bit lost too when you and I met and things snapped into focus really fast for you, for me, for several others in our little community. What, what's the secret sauce? Like give, give our audience, give my audience a look behind the scenes and tell them what happened. Why did, why was there such a huge transformation? I mean, you inside of the larger community are really looked up upon as an absolute hero, a mentor, someone that people want to be like. And sometimes that seems a little bit out of reach. And this, I think that's, what's so cool about asking you about your backstory, because there are some gritty moments in there. There's some, yeah. there's some messy times. And when I see you now, and I'm sure people think that about me and, and, and other people is just like, it, it, it can come across as very polished and mm -hmm. you know, that we've got our shit together that like, there wasn't the struggle. Like you certainly shared your struggle with me, but what's, what was this? What's the commonality or give people a look behind the scenes. You know, our mastermind was called Kaizen, which is the, the Japanese word for constant and never ending improvement. Natalie, what, what happened to all of us? How did we make this transformation? Mm, that's such a beautiful, that's a beautiful question. And we could take that in so many directions. I mean, it's, it's remembering our identity. It's remembering us. And for me, I think that, you know, how we've had such a rapid 
transformation, I'm a firm believer, you know, mastermind is taking two minds together to create the, the third mind or what other people, you know, call the third eye. And that, you know, pulls in different energy from the powers that be together to help cultivate the transformation. And it was really, truly learning how to be able to surrender to the darkness when the darkness would hit is kind of how I look at it. When the low vibrations, when the, un, you know, when things are kind of crazy and confusing and all of those things that, you know, we're always going through transformation, even if we're unaware. And for me, I think it was learning how to cultivate the awareness of what transformation actually is and the never ending consistent growth of it. Thank you, Kaizen, um, of what that looks like. And I remember the first call that I was on in Kaizen in June of last year was it was when we were learning about the transformation cycle. And I remember I was bawling like a baby because <laughs> I was in the confusion state <laughs> that we learned about. And I remember like looking at our mentor and I was like, take all my money. It's so worth it. I'm so happy I joined this program. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's hard to like say, you know, and I would love to know what your thoughts are on this. But for me, it's hard to say like just one thing and maybe I'm just thinking too broad on it. But, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, it's learning how to surrender in a state of confusion, it's allowing the body to express the energy. It's allowing the body to express the emotion. And it's not trying to control every little aspect, but instead getting super curious about when things happen in life. And for me, one of the biggest moments was when we were actually recently here in Texas, we had done a, we had done a breathwork, um, ceremony together. And through that breathwork ceremony, um, we, I was able to see some, some crazy shit that I didn't realize you could do with your breath alone. And I had done breath work. I've been doing meditation for a little while, but the one that we did together was just, it was absolutely epic and out of this world. And the revelations I had about it, um, were just some different experiences that I had had in my past that were keeping me from being able to understand my true power and my true knowingness of who I am. And I mean, I always say, you know, like even in Cabo, even in Texas, even on every call that we get on, you know, there's always that, like that transformation that happens or that like it clicks, you know, like the download or the, whatever you want to call it, whether it's divine intervention or revelation or download or whatever, it's, it's almost like you, you get these like little glimpses of like a wakefulness. Like we just wake up, you know, we start to lift that veil a little bit. We start to peel that layer a little bit. And I don't, when you say what, you know, what it is or what's that one thing that, you know, why is it like work for us? I, I think it's, it's collectively, coming into a place where we feel so supported with no judgment to just be who we are. There you and go. Okay. Let's, I want to direct this in a, I know you'll, you'll have some good answers to this because maybe the question was too broad. Okay. Let's go down that path for just a minute, but here's the crazy thing is time has flown by like just this conversation. I can't believe like we're this far in and there's, there's a few things I want to touch on because 
it's so rare that we get together like this, but we're going to make it happen more often. I do want to get into some woo stuff like the law of attraction with you. And if we go along, fuck it, who cares? This is just too good. But um, let's wrap this section of it in, up in a minute, but I want to get your thoughts on this. So when I think of like what's in common with our transformation, you, you kind of started stepping into that. It's this finding our childhood self. And we're in this container where we break down this, these walls of ego, right? Like we, we get built up thinking that we should be something, you know, the, as Rob Dial calls it, the purple popsicles, the dirty shirts, the ex expectations that are placed on us by others. The, the five regrets of the dying, the number one regret is I wish I had not lived a life based on the expectation of, expectations of, of others but a life true to myself. So I would say if I was to pick one thing out of the many topics that we cover, I would, I feel like a big part of this is we're in a safe space, like you said, to get to meet that child of us, the adult version of the child inside of us that so many of us have gotten away from trying to match the expectations of society. Tell us more about that, because I, I know you were spitting some fire at the last Kaizen event about getting raw, about getting authentic, and the freedom that comes from If it, I watched you, and it was just like you you came alive on a level that I've never seen before. I, I kind of saw that in Cabo, but I was just like, wow. Like, it looked like you had made a transformation, like, right in front of my eyes in two minutes. You just, it was like you busted through some chains. Like you were this superhero that just broke free of any expectations of other people holding you down or holding you back or things that you placed on yourself. Tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely, brother. It was uh, in, I had a revelation in October um, after one of our calls and I can't quite pin again exactly what the topic was, but it was you know, and this is where I love our universe so much. It was, I'm a, I'm a Taurus. So I'm a bull across the board, sun, moons, rising, everything. So it was October and it was during a Taurus full moon. I was standing in my kitchen and I had this massive revelation of myself when I was in high school. And I was, you know, I was confident. I was, I was intimidatingly confident but I was confident coming from a place of fear. But I remember that that confidence was still within me. And I had forgotten her when I moved away and I tried to be the nice girl and I tried to please everybody and I tried to do all of those things. And when I remembered who I was back then and who I know that I am, that is in me, um, it, it was like once I got into a room full of people, because I, I thrive with people. I mean, I just absolutely thrive with groups of people. And when I was able to be in person, it was like my spirit came alive in that moment. And I felt like that, that revelation of I'm home. Like I am home. Like this is where my fire reigns. And 
when I got handed the mic, it was like, let's go, baby. Like I could sit up here. Like, I remember like thinking our mentors, I'm like, guys, I mean, I don't even, I don't even need you right now. Like, can I just talk? Like, can I just take the microphone and run this for you? Cause I am feeling it right now. And I remember as a little girl, I always was on stages. I was on stages. I was in this little thing in my tiny little town called mini musical. And I was like in fourth grade and I was singing solos. And I actually, in high school, I was like the lead in one of like the biggest plays our school school had put on. And I forgot that part of me. I forgot that I used to love to be on stage. I used to love to be in front of people. I felt so full and like just so powerful and just so me when I was in front of people and being in Texas, it was like, because that was obviously like the first time we had that many people um, from all the different groups. And it was like, I literally remember looking around and it was like the second they started playing the music, I just danced and like, I was dancing all around the area. I was high-fiving everybody. Like I was just in the zone. And I remember like standing there, I'm like, I am me. And the best part about it though, Simon was like, I remember asking so many people, I'm like, like me, like I'm being me. And like, yeah, I'm probably like triggering some people here and there, but we worked through all that. Cause that was the place to do it at. But it was like, I was like, like I get to be me and like, I love myself. Like I absolutely love myself. And by going through all the shit I've gone through in my life in that moment, I realized like so many people came up to me and they're like, you're such an inspiration. We love you so much. You're so amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, me, <laughs> like, I'm just fucking being me. Like, uh, is it, isn't that crazy? And audience mindset hackers, I want you to tap into this because sometimes you don't realize your own greatness until you see the reflection of what other people see in you. Sometimes you need that response. The crazy thing is, this is really interesting, but I podcast all the time and I love it. I love getting on the mic. And sometimes I feel like I'm possessed. The crazy thing is, is I've been in sales for seven years. And for that entire time, I never listened to my calls. They tell you to listen to your calls to point out where you can do better. And I hated my voice. And it's because I hear it differently than other people do. And other people would be receptive and responsive to that. So I started doing what Natalie is just talking about. And like you say, I received that. So audience, please be on the lookout. If you're judging yourself, stop for a sec and listen to what other people are saying, because they will tell you some of the strengths that you might not be seeing. And that could lead into a whole new reality. Like, I love getting on the mic now, but there was a time where I didn't even, I'm like, how do I talk into a microphone? This is so weird. And now I love jamming out. And Natalie loves being in front of a stage. It lights her up. If you're listening to the audio version of this, her face is just absolutely glowing right now. And my friends, this can happen to you too. So please don't just listen to yourself. Listen to what others see in you. Okay, Natalie, keep going. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. It's all about, you know, when you can, you know, we, we, we live in a world and we live in a society, you know, unfortunately today, which is fuels me to do what we do in the world and realize that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of separation. There's a lot of judgment because people are told that at such a young age, they can't be themselves. You know, we, we're told no, we're told not to do all these different things from the day we're born. And 
when you go out into the world and you're, you, you start to look at the external, you know, you start to look outward to yourself for everything that you want or everything that you want to be or everything, all of the things, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's money, relationship, anything. I mean, you could, you could literally think anything and you, you fear the judgment from other people, but ultimately what judgment, what you fear others are judging, you're also judging yourself for the same thing. And so when you can go inward and ask yourself the questions of what am I judging in myself? You know, what am I like, what am I, what are the thoughts that I'm having that are cultivating me to feel the way that I'm feeling? If it's anything lower than a high vibration or something that just doesn't feel good. And it's on a, you know, it's on a consistent, you know, loop cycle is kind of what I think of it. It's about how can we put a, how can we break that pattern? How can we dissolve that chain and be able to look inward and start to cultivate the love for yourself? And then when you're able to start to do that in all different areas, and there's no, again, transformation is a lifelong journey. Um, but when you're able to do that, then you start to see, and you start to attract the people that are met that love you for who you are. And you no longer fear the, the judgment from others because you've built this. It's almost like reclaiming your sovereignty as a, as a being, as you know, knowingness of like, I'm created in the eye of the creator, whatever that is. Therefore I create, therefore I go out and I can do and be and have and grow. But as long as I remember to just be me, then I know I can do anything in this entire world. And it's like, we're almost taught the opposite when we grow up and through society. And so, you know, one of my biggest visions is to to have, you know, I, I keep saying there's this, there's this, whatever you want to call it, there's this massive shift going on. You know, you turn on the news today, we're in, it's interesting, it's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. But when you're able to understand that, like, I mean, I mean, this is going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but like, no one, you know, I guess, I don't know how no, much. No, 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 I know. Here's the thing is, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. And let, let's kind of take this turn because you, you just, you were in the middle of a lot of that crisis up in Minnesota where, mm -hmm. and you said the world's really divided. I want to get your thoughts on this because we're going to kind of go into a little bit of law of attraction, consciousness, creating reality instead of the other way around, because with my own life, some of the shit that's happened is so crazy that I'm like, did I weave that in my own mind? And I'm not talking about creating a business or creating this or that that serves me. I'm talking about like the shift in the world. It, it, it's almost like, I guess the best way to describe it is there's infinite possibilities in the quantum field. And I plant a seed in my head and I use a certain lens to view the world. And then somehow I get attracted or I, maybe I attract or I get attracted into the exact reality that I visualized. And, and the events are so far removed from me and my own control that it's just like eerie. And so when you say the, you know, that's, that's very common. A lot of us say the world is so divided. It's the, the news really loves dishing out that narrative. And last, a while ago, I, I decided I, I opt out on that. I, I don't see it that way. So I'm going to, I'm going to surround myself with the most positive people that want to make a change in the world that want to do good things. And I've had this question and I want to get your opinion on it, but I, I'm like wondering if 
with that lens, if the external world will match up to that, like if I will live in a world that actually is not divided, it goes the other way. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not saying like my, my sheer thought is dictating what the outcome of the world is, but I'm just wondering if there's just, you know, infinite possible realities out there in the quantum field. And by me viewing it a certain way, because we talk about quantum physics and how you observe particles, they collapse on one reality. Is it possible that I'm steering myself into a world where soon there really will not be the actual divisiveness? I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, at least this is the narrative and story I'm telling myself, is that the news is out to sell shit. And the easiest way they can do that is to trigger you and keep you in fear. So while there is division, there is also unity in the world, but the microscope is on division. Therefore, that's what people see. That's what they feel. That's the internal state. Therefore, that's their world. I'm wondering if like I see the world in such a positive way and surround myself and always feel like there is connection and unity if the external world will match up to that because I've driven myself to that possible reality. What are your thoughts? Is that, that, that's pretty rabbit hole right there, right? Oh, that's, that's my jam brother. And absolutely. I believe that we are, we are, you know, I believe in the collective consciousness, you know, we, we, as a society, you know, I, I, we create the, the, the external reality and we create the internal reality. And there's, you know, whatever we decide we want, we want to think, we want to do, that becomes our reality. Therefore, I believe that right now we are in a massive awakening that we together consciously, especially even just you and I having this conversation and sending out that vibrate, that vibration and that thought process of like, we are bringing togetherness. Like in my world, I only see unity. I only see wholeness. I only see everybody coming together and realizing that you are my brother and that, you know, the girl next door is my sister. Yeah. We come from different families and different backgrounds and all of those different things. But at the same day, we are still cut from the same cloth. It doesn't matter where you are in the world and together. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do because together when I can get, you know, when I get a woman that comes to me that, you know, is struggling with whatever, and I, I can help her and I can get her to start feeling better about herself and start seeing the world through a different lens, a different scope. She then starts to wake up and it's the ripple effect. And I firmly believe that that ripple effect is going out and creating a different reality. And I think we are in that shift today. And I believe that, you know, because of like, yeah, when you flip on like the small lens of the scope, you know, you might be told that there's all of this craziness going on in New Zealand. But when you hop on social media and see a woman with her camera out, all you see is people dancing and singing together for, for love and unity. And it's beautiful. And it is like, powerful. And it's like, okay, you got one person behind a camera telling us there's all this terrible division, but then you've got a woman with a video with a, with her phone out, taking a video of hundreds of thousands of people singing and dancing in love and unity. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? You think that one guy's vibration is going to trump all of those people's vibration. That's actually the truth. And so I believe that, you know, even though there is all of this going on and I'm, I, I stopped watching the news nine months ago, but I, I, I 
I'm human. And somebody had sent me a, a documentary to watch. It was like an interview documentary that came from like a, like a newsy style thing. And I remember I, I woke up the next day and I just cried. I cried all day and I was angry. And this I didn't know why. So toxic. I so just toxic. hope that people listening, because Natalie, you and I, I mean, we know that that's, that's a construct. Mm-hmm. A construct is something that has been implanted and there's some sketchy shit behind all that. Being in marketing, I understand how highly you can leverage. And when I see politicians and how they leverage people and use them in the news, it is disgusting. And I just invite like the viewers to opt into a paradigm of unity, of connection, of love, of passion. You know, let, let's do this together because Natalie, you're so, you're so right about this. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good to be divided. It, it, I, I, was th- I was thinking about wars. They ne- nobody wins. I mean, there's maybe a side that loses a little bit more than the others as far as deaths or whatever, but nobody wins. And that doesn't have to be, that, that is a total construct. And politicians, news, they keep us in these cages in our mind. You know, in your mind is the reality. And that usually ends up to a physical. I, I think about, you know, the raid on the Capitol and, you know, I don't want to get political or take sides or anything. And I'm not, but I, there, there's people that raided the Capitol that felt like they were ripped off of their vote. And it doesn't matter what actually happened. And they created a cage. They felt like they were being put in a cage in their mind, but some of them ended up in an actual prison. And that to me is an example of like, your feelings actually create your reality. But a lot, a lot of times the external world, it might cause you to do something and get you put in jail where you've actually manifested that because you were in a prison of your mind. But what Natalie's talking about is the connection, the unity, the love, the peace. And there are no walls mm-hmm. with that. And brother, the one thing I want to say is being in Texas, we all came from different, you know, belief systems, from different, you know, political backgrounds, from different cultural backgrounds, you know, there was, you know, multiple different races. And I remember we were sitting at our Airbnb and I, we had about 15 people there and I wanted, you know, I wanted to take what we had learned that day about, you know, thoughts, feelings, reality, you know, all of that. And I had about 15 people and I said, we're going to talk religion and politics go because I wanted to show everybody how we could collectively come together full circle at the top in unity, even though we might've had differing views. And it was the most remarkable. And we went down every rabbit hole. I mean, we were talking about sound frequencies that are in the metal that the NSA could pull off. We talked about big tech. We, I mean, we talked about all the major things that are people are too afraid to talk about right now or that, that people are fighting about. And, you know, for, and I was kind of facilitating it and I was letting everybody speak and then somebody would get angry and it'd be like, no, 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 let them finish. And then I ask them, why are you triggered about this? What is that bringing up in you? And we just, we went around and around and around. And at the end of it, we all came to the conclusion that like what we are missing is unity and love. And what we forget is that our natural state of being is being in love. And being and vibrating from a place of love. And I remember asking our mentors, God, this had to have been like six months ago. I said, how do you know what love really feels like? And after going and finding me and coming home and doing all of the work that I've done, I can finally say, I know what a high vibration of love feels like. And there is nothing more beautiful in this world. And if we could come together 
and get as many. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are red, blue, you know, black, white, brown, Hispanic, doesn't matter where you're from. You know, I tell every single person, I said, what if I told you I watch Fox News and CNN? What if I told you, you know, because, it, and, and this is something, as I'm, I'm just being super cognizant of time here, because I, I do gotta, I gotta go be mom here and soon. And so, but I wanna be cognizant of that. But, you know, my biggest thing is I, I uh, a new saying that I have is as above, so below, let's go. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna, it doesn't matter. There's always gonna be an, uh, there's gonna be the, the polarity. There's gonna be the North and South. There's gonna be the light and the dark. There's gonna be all of it. But the thing about it, is that we create that. We create the hells that we live in in our reality today. We create the darkness that we're seeing in the world with our thoughts, you know, even, and it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard because we want to talk about it, but I always like to conclude saying that we're going united. We're going to be in unity because if I go, you know, to my girlfriend's house and we talk about, you know, the state of the world, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? All these things, like, what are we going to do? What kind of a vibration is that sending out? That's totally. Exactly. Yes. I agree. Opt out of that. If you want, I opt out of it. I, I don't know. I just know that like I'm in several communities where it's, I, I know that we all have different backgrounds as far as like our beliefs. I mean, I, my neighbors, when my wife was out for surgery, like I got so many people coming to help out delivering food and stuff. And you know, I'm in communities like Kaizen or Business Breakthrough or other communities where I know that there has to be so much, so many differences in our background, but we've, we've chosen to sideline that. And it's amazing, the connectivity and the love. And that's the world that I choose to see. And I, my friends, I truly believe that like the lens I put on that, that's what I will experience. And I invite everybody to join me and Natalie in changing out your lens and making sure that you see the, the best parts of the world you choose, you take control, you take ownership of the narrative of the paradigm that you create in your own head. Oh yeah. And my biggest thing is before you go out and judge, ask yourself, what are you judging in yourself? Absolutely. Move that scope and turn it inward. That's right. Right. Know. A while ago, I thought, I thought of this is, you know, and it helps me notice too, when I place judgment, but when I judge, I realize the first thing I ask myself is, okay, what is it that you're insecure about inside of yourself? If I notice a judgment come up, then the first thing I go to is, okay, thank you. I noticed that you judged somebody. What is, why did you do that? What's inside of me that caused me to think like that? And I guarantee it's some type of insecurity in myself. That's what's so crazy. Natalie, let's wrap this up though. Um, any last words let's let's say that you were talking to somebody who's maybe where you were you know five ten years ago they don't see the light they're struggling with weight maybe they're in a relationship a toxic relationship or experiencing some abuse in their life or facing a very difficult situation of having to gift their child to somebody else what what would you tell a younger version of yourself today what in, in one minute, what kind of advice would you give the younger Natalie if you were to go back in time and talk to her? <sighs> it's a full question. I love it. Um, first thing I want to say is you're not alone. You're never alone. And that you don't have to go through what you're going through alone. And that ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, 
you have the power within you. You are the most powerful thing that resides on planet earth. And you have the opportunity to cultivate and create whatever it is you want in your life. Though things are going to happen that are out of your control, the only thing that you can be in control of moving forward in your life is yourself. And by knowing that you can at least control yourself, you have all of the power to change the trajectory of your life in any way, shape, or form you want it to be. You do not have to be the victim of your circumstances. And the moment that you take a good look in the mirror and say, who am I? And how can I become the person that I want to be? How can I learn how to become home to myself? Is the moment change begins. Just with those small words of asking yourself, putting your hands up in the air, getting down on your knees and saying, I'm ready. That is absolutely beautiful. Natalie, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It was so fun to go along to just like, I, I could feel it. I'm just like, who cares? Just go with it. And we got in some really deep stuff there. Thank you so much for this conversation. Mindset hackers. Oh, one last question. Where do, where do people find you, Natalie? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is at Natalie Spaeth, or sorry, at I am Natalie Spaeth. That would be I-A-M-N-A-T-A-L-I-E-S-P-A-E-T-H, all one word. Um, and then my Facebook is Natalie Spaeth, but I also have a free private group called The Warrior Co, um, where I just, I go in there and we spit fire almost, you know, a couple times a week and just try to bring as much value to you guys completely free of cost. Um, so you can find me either on my Instagram, my Facebook, or in my, my private Warrior Co group. Absolutely. And you are a warrior. Mindset hackers, please share this with somebody that you know that could use this conversation right now, uh, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that. And I would love it if you drop a rating on my podcast. Uh, we've all, also got a YouTube channel where we're putting out some really cool content. That's my beautiful little girl with her gorgeous little baby lion roar. But I, uh, I want you to go to the YouTube channel because we're putting out some really good, good content about reprogramming your subconscious mind. I would love to get Natalie on there to do a mindset movie. We're going to be doing short three to four minute videos to help you reprogram your mindset to work and do the heavy lifting on your behalf and make it a little bit easier for you to succeed in life. Thank you so much, Mindset Hackers. I will be with you on the next episode.